0: Midlife can be fun and tiring at the same time, while sometimes it can be sad and downright depressing. The latest mass shooting in Highland Park has left us all feeling shaken, sad, and searching for answers, all the while watching how the towns surrounding Highland Park have come together to offer solace as their community grapples with how to move forward from the unthinkable.
1: We originally had another episode planned, however, we felt it was important to pivot The conversations we are having with our family and friends are the same. We're not asking why the shooter did what he did, but what we as humans can do to thwart someone from doing this again, and how we as a society can become more aware of potential triggers and dangers we see. This tragedy hits even closer to home due to being neighbors of this resilient community and would be remiss without properly sharing our feelings on it and possibly offer some light to deal with the gravity of it all. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Midlife at the Mailbox. Whether you're checking out our conversation for the first time or you have listened to every episode, we appreciate you being here. I'm Amy Alexander, and sitting 2,000 miles away from me is Denise Rabat. Over six years ago, during a chance meeting at our neighborhood mailbox, two strangers met and a new friendship blossomed into something bigger.
0: Although we no longer share a mailbox and have many miles between us, We're closer than ever in real life. This chance meeting at our neighborhood mailbox inspired a friendship, business relationship, and now a podcast. So come along and listen in. Amy and I chat about midlife moments, business, family, and a whole lot more. It's our hope that after our conversation ends, you've connected with a bit of wisdom shared between two great friends and probably got entertained along the way.
1: And maybe, just maybe, we may provide you the push or insight that you need to follow your heart, just as we have with this podcast. Welcome to episode seven.
0: Hey everyone, full disclosure for this episode, we're going to be getting into some heavier conversations than we have in the first six episodes. Uh, We're going to be discussing the horrifying events that took place seven days ago at the 4th of July parade in Highland Park, Illinois. We're not going to be getting into politics, no, 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 but we want to touch in on some conversations that we know are happening and coming up within our circles, so if we could just want so we want to just create a dialogue about our feelings really, and just talk it out
1: since we'd never begin to claim we're experts on the topics of gun safety, the current criminal investigation, or mental health, we'd like to discuss this with an expert to help us sort our feelings and about what we've been hearing and just generally how we've been feeling since. July 4th. Without further ado, we wanted to introduce you to our special guest for the episode, my sister, Julie Eiser Schneider. Julie is joining us today as our feelings expert as she is a licensed clinical social worker and has been working as a school social worker for the past 10 years. Julie has worked with children and adolescents aged 5 to 18 primarily in a school-based setting. Julie is also a busy mom with two little girls a little, what I like to call a three-nager, and a brand new baby who is, will, be at, will be four weeks old at the time that we release this episode.
0: We're so excited. Welcome to our show, Julie. Yay! <laughs> We're happy to have you on with us today. So especially, happy. Yeah, especially given you're a newborn mom. Oh my goodness. And thank you for taking the time to join us.
2: Um, thank you so much for having me on today. Uh, when Amy first uh, asked me to be a guest, I was pretty hesitant um, as I'm definitely not a trauma specialist and I would never like say that I am a trauma specialist, but I am a social worker and I've worked with kids for a really long time. Um, and I also live and grew up in the, in the North Shore of Chicago, just like Amy had said, um, and we're not very far from Highland Park. Um, so I will try to give my um, expert advice and whatever I can.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're so happy. It's obviously extra special to have family on the show and having Julie here. Um, so, you know, we're in, in our true episode format. We jump right into our midlife moment. Uh, so what I wanted to do is actually kind of give a little bit of a brief, um, like kind of logistical information about Highland park location, kind of about the, about the community. If you have not read about that, um, or yeah, live within the area. The
0: scene, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: The um, <laughs> so Highland park is just about 34 miles North of Chicago. It's one of the best places to live in Illinois, according to niche.com. Uh, it's situated right along Lake Michigan and it's a very idyllic Chicago suburb. Um, and it's, Located about 12 miles north from where Julie and I currently live. So we actually live about five minutes from each other and um, Highland Park is is very close. Um, And about 13 miles east of where we both grew up. So I think also one of the pieces to add is that when we were growing up in 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 the town that we lived in, everybody like wanted to live on the North shore and where we were, was like North shore adjacent, but Highland park, we spent a lot of time in, we had a lot of friends that lived there from camp that we attended um, and just other, you know, social circles. Um, And it's a super, super cute suburban town. It's got a bustling shopping scene, dining where we spent lots of hours shopping, dining and attending concerts at nearby Ravinia, which is also there if if you've heard of that um, outdoor music festival. Uh, Growing up and watching classic 80s movies by John Hughes, you may have saw lots of filming locations at homes in and around Highland Park. Um, Classics such as 16 Candles, Weird Science, and Ferris Bueller's Day Off uh, had filming locations in Highland Park. Um, and also super, super close to both of us is 10 and a half years ago. I delivered Caleb at Highland park hospital and both of Julie's girls most recently, as I shared four weeks ago, were both born there. So we have very close ties within the community, um, lots of family, lots of friends and, you know, just not even like six degrees of separation between people that live with, with, within, uh, within Highland park. So, um, Denise, did you want to add anything to Yeah,
0: that? I mean, it really, it really just is the most charming, you guys, cutest town. I'm coming from, you know, California on the West Coast when we first moved here. Um, it is just the cutest little place. Um, and when I lived here, actually, or I, sorry, when I lived in Glenview, when I lived, you know, when I was neighbors with Amy living on the North Shore of Chicago, I did actually attend the 4th of July parade in 2015 with my daughter. And that's kind of my midlife moment uh, because it, it really hit home after the events of, of on the 4th of July there, because it's just the cutest. It was the most charming parade. It really reminded me of or what I think Midwest would be like. And it's just it was just such a, you know, horrifying, you know, two hours behind you guys. When I first yeah, saw yeah. the news on Amy's Instagram stories about, you know, the Glenview, they live in Glenview and we lived in Glenview, uh, Glenview, Illinois, their 4th of July parade, uh, being canceled on Monday morning. And I saw it and I was like, Oh no. Um, my, my stomach sank. I hoped it was a rumor or that nothing came of it. So I replied to her story saying, Hey, are you okay? As I was getting ready for my 4th of July holiday. And and then, you know, sadly to see the news online later that no, everyone was not okay. I mean, thankfully Amy and her family were okay, but um, you know, this news started streaming in about all, all of the senseless lost lives that were lost again, you guys, again, um, it just is so frustrating and it feels so hopeless. Um, but then remembering that, you know, kind of it sank all in that I actually attended that same parade with my family. My daughter had a little wagon. I have a picture of it. We're right in the middle of all of the, you know, the festivities, which are like, which I thought were so cute. I never did a 4th of July parade growing up in Fresno. Um, These were just the (laughs) cutest things. And so I thought, wow, I mean, if this type of tragedy can happen in Highland Park, a community like Highland Park, where there's plenty of security, there's plenty of eyes, there's plenty of, you know, concerns. And it it
1: was like, and even like to your point about the security and the police, like they were out. They were out in full force and even Uh in Glenview where we were um, getting ready for the parade, you know, it was anywhere you turn, right. The police were there and they really, you know, have made a a good point as to, you know, being prepared and, you know, ready to go. Um, You know, my story
0: can happen. Yeah. It could happen there. And
1: it's just, it's, it's, it's so scary. And I think for me, I was in the midst of preparing to walk um to watch my son walk in our 4th of July parade. So he, you know, I've mentioned that he plays travel hockey and the organization that he plays for, uh, they were going to be within the parade. So he had his rollerblades on my husband was, you know, a coach. So he was going to rollerblade down the the parade route and actually Julie and her family were going to come and meet us. And, uh, my girlfriend and I had literally just walked away from our kids. We left them with the, you know, with the group I had locked up my bike And we were about to get ready to sit and watch the parade. And I had pulled out my phone. I must have, I I don't even know why. I must have pulled out my phone to text Julie or called to, to call Julie and to, you know, say like, Hey, here's where we're sitting. Like we're deciding in front of the library and instead of in front of dairy bar, because we can maybe get a little shade if, you know, it gets too hot. And as I like, as, as my girlfriend and I, we made that decision and I picked up the phone, I see this text from my sister and she says like, are you like active shooter in Highland park? And I was like, what, like, what, what, what's happening. And then I get a text very quickly after that from Mike saying, come back, you know, come back and get the boys because the parade is canceled. And then the police are coming down the main stretch. And, you know, thankfully we were there early enough that the community hadn't really like come out yet. You know, people had come early to put their chairs out and like block their spot, but they hadn't come out yet. And, you know so I we we went like I stopped I talked to this woman and like do you know anything and none of like the news nothing was like covering it It was like a little on Twitter and like the Sun Times I think had posted something and we like really couldn't find any information and so my son and I we rode our bikes home Mike went and got the car from our friend's house where which was at the end of the route and then we like met back at home but it was like once I got home I like turned the news on and I'm I like just to find some information like what's happening like was there a threat in Glenview like what what is going on and you know then the rest of the day was literally like in awe of what was going on and you know just Fear feeling terror.
0: yeah the, I mean absolutely you didn't even know if it could have been you know maybe it was a multiple shoe night you know you, you don't never even know. I know right you hear and this that's kind of like you hear this kind of breaking news it's really you know shattering really I mean to like hear right. that yeah you Julie, I mean you don't about, know yeah, Julie, how about you? And I mean given
2: your background and, and also being a, a new mom. Well, we like Amy said, like we were going to meet her and um her friends at the parade. And we were obviously running late having two small children at home and getting <laughs> out the door. And we're about to leave like five minutes later. And I get a text from my friends informing me of what's going on. And I was just kind of like, I I was honestly just sort of like in my head I was like okay but everybody's gonna be okay like that's what I thought I was like they got the guy already like you know I didn't realize it was you know still an ongoing situation and you know in my head I was like do we do we leave the house do we go to the parade is it gonna be canceled then we heard that they canceled the Field parade. And I'm like, well, there's no way that there's going to be a Glenview parade. And then like one minute later, Amy texts me, the parade is canceled. And I, I also in like my head, I felt so bad because, you know, we've been cooped up for three, you know, two years because of COVID and my daughter is three and she's never been to a parade and she was really excited about going to the parade. So at the same time, I was like, oh, that really stinks that the parade is canceled. Because in my head, I was like, but because they got this guy, I didn't realize it was going to be, you know, like a whole day long saga that people were going to get injured. I was like, it's Highland Park. Things don't like bad things don't happen, don't happen. in Highland right. Park, you know, like this is where we live. Nothing bad ever happens in this area. So it was just right. kind of like a surreal situation that I like, I guess I just like didn't, I didn't believe that anything really bad could happen here. Um, I that's where, yeah, and that's where my head was at, and then finally, like more news kept coming in, and we you know heard from some friends who were there, and people were yeah. posting things on you know Facebook and Instagram, and really getting some more information, and I was just kind of like in shock about what actually was going yeah. on. And was definitely not. It was definitely not what I expected in my head. Like when I first heard about it, I figured it would be. It was like happening, but it, but they like shut it down right away. They got right yeah. them. It's it's over. Everybody's fine. And obviously, that was not the situation
1: about what happened.
0: Yeah, the stories that keep coming out are just heartbreaking. I right?
1: and I think and and you know, for us here, that's what has been you know, especially on, on Monday and especially last Monday. So we're recording on a Monday, um, a week, a week later. Um, and just the, you know, number of people, you know, I was looking, I'm like, uh, you know, then just like in all other, you know, like some of the other events, you know, people are marking themselves safe. And that's like, oh my God, like, this is like literally happening here. Right. Like this is. Uh people that we grew up with, people that, you know, we went to high school with, and then, you know, they're at the parade and, um, you know, friends of ours, people that I see like every day that live within the community that were standing, you know, 50 feet from across the street, you know, from where all this was going. And, you know, people that I work with on a business level that, you know, were there and they were further down the street, but it's, it's, it's an area that I've been to so frequently that even without having been there you know in a while just obviously due to covid I could still picture everything, right? I picture it's it's a it's 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 not like a regular like sidewalk as you like walk down like the the walk on one of the sides is like brick pavers and you know it's so, like I could picture that and I could picture the benches you know with, and this is like without even like seeing pictures I could picture the benches and like the area where you know we used to go and shop for like our camp gear you know I forgot about that store like <sighs> not even just like the store that we got our like sleeping bags and our flashlights but there was remember that other store julie that was in port clinton square that like used to sell all of like the like the the pillowcases that you could like write on just so many like little like just like little cute boutiques and just all of these like memories of things like pop up the store that the the shooter was on um the roof of was gearheads but prior to that it was a store called uncle dan's and mike had gone out when caleb was born he left the hospital you know, which was, you know, five minutes from the downtown to go get some lunch and came back with this like puffy North face coat. It was red and black. And he was so excited as this like new dad to like walk into the store or walk into the hospital room with this coat that Caleb never wore because it was, even though it was a zero to three months, it was like fit for like a one-year-old, right? So he never could like fit into this coat. But anyway, like it just was like super, super surreal. And I think uh, I the rest of the day and like, even into the, the week, you know, it was just the stories coming out and, and, and the, and, and the close calls and, you know, it was, it was a lot too close, too close. Um, so, you know, we wanted to, we wanted to kind of Discuss, you know, it, it, when Denise and I kind of pivoted from our original thought of what we were going to do for this particular episode, um, we wanted to kind of figure out a way to to talk about this without getting political. Um, and I think the the obviously the purpose of bringing Julian um, from a social work standpoint is, you know, as parents, we all have kids that you know, are within that range or, or, or even adult children like us that are still trying to process and kind of figure out what, what to do, how to talk to our kids, how to, how to recognize um, situations, how to, you know, kind of plan how to, you know, just, you know, obviously you can never plan for something like this, but just yeah, kind just, of having some knowledge.
0: Yeah. I mean, some different ways, right. And we're hoping that you know, today's conversation with Julie will just spark like, you know, some awareness and also you know, there's thinking of ways we can be proactive in the untraditional ways right because you know there's there's always going to be um, discussions going on in a, in a political sense, but, you know, the shooter in Holland Park or the shooter at all the these individuals did not become troubled overnight right. Um, these individuals have probably been troubled for so long so how do we you know identify these types of troubled individuals as parents if we see it in our own children what are things you know we can do but also how do we just encourage more social emotional awareness amongst those so julie we need your expertise
2: (laughs) well i'm happy to be here to be able to talk about you know whatever questions you have hopefully a have some good answers or some places that people can go to get some more information as well.
1: So I'll kick off my first question. And then Denise, I don't, you can, you can, you can um, piggyback me is, you know, I think obviously I have a, I have a 10 year old and every kid will act different, you know, about when, when tragedy kind of hits that, you know, hits close to home or, or, or they hear things on the news or, you know, kids asking questions like, are we, how, how are we safe? What do you, would you say is like, how much information do you need to share at what age is appropriate um, for, for different types of like answering different types of questions, if that makes sense.
2: Well, I think um, the first thing that you want to do is to um, ensure that your child knows that they, they are safe and that you're here to protect them and here to keep them safe, especially if they are feeling unsafe in this situation and all kids are going to feel differently. Some kids will take it very, you know, close to their heart and they will definitely feeling unsafe, especially if you have, Mm -hmm. you know, an anxious child and you have to really, you know, be a lot more supportive to them um, as opposed to if you have a kid who's just sort of like not super impacted by the event um, but just being able to be there for your kid, telling them they're safe and giving them a place to share how they feel and share, um, you know, any, if they have any fears, if they, you know, if they're worried about the, the people who were hurt, anything like that, just be there for them. And if there is a child, if your child does not have So many fears, or they're not really open, just making sure that you're continuing to give that opportunity to your kid, you know, for a long period of time. Of course, you always want to be that, you know, for your child, but just especially in these times, is that you want them to know that maybe even in a month from now, if that's all of a sudden when it hits them, Mm -hmm. that you'll still be available to talk to them about how they feel and. Okay, that they're feeling the way that they're feeling because all feelings are okay, and you know that's really important that you want to, you know, instill into your child that it's okay to feel whatever it is that they feel.
0: Sure, nothing's that's that great, around. and especially I mean I know that is probably really important for the local c- children, right? That are just you know this is just the most recent, but the local children that you know kind of get. Probably exposed to a lot more news than, well, let's say, my children. Right? I mean, you're just going to hear about it, maybe in conversation a lot more. You know, for you guys at this point. Um, but you know, it could be. You know, you never know where's next, right? Unfortunately, so.
2: Yeah, I mean, definitely. Even my three year old I, I, I think that they're not listening and they're not really understanding. But she said some things when we were like having dinner one night, and I'm like, mm-hmm. like how did you even know about this? But we were like, obviously trying to not talk about it, but and sort of keep her away from it because she's three, you know, but somehow she still picked up on it and some things. Yeah.
0: Well, would you say, Julie, I mean, especially when you're hearing when there's a lot of actual news, like on television or, you know, in a, you know, that kids may overhear what is your advice on exposing them to some of that? I mean your children are small, but even older children like 10, 12, you know. What's your advice on on that? Should they I mean I
2: definitely think that kids need to have their exposure to these things limited because mm-hmm. you don't you don't want to scare them. You don't want them to be, you know, traumatized from seeing things on TV because they're showing actual footage from what happened on TV. And that's not something that a small child needs to see. And especially kids who live in this area and have visited that spot before, you know, they could be impacted um, by like secondary trauma or vicarious trauma. And obviously we want to try to avoid that if possible. I know there's like a lot of adults that have been experiencing um, symptoms of that, that, you know, even that I've been talking to friends, things like that, um, that are really struggling that weren't even, you know, at the parade.
1: And what would, I guess, like, let me ask you that. So what, what is, what would be a symptom of that kind of secondary trauma? What would you think that, what are some of your friends feeling?
2: Um, If you, so it, Secondary trauma or vicarious trauma, like you're experiencing trauma through like the lens of somebody else. So um, hearing about things is sort of like triggering things into you. So especially if you have grown up in the area, you spent time there, you know where these things happened. And so in your brain, you're kind of like, well, I could have been there. You know, what would I have done if I was there? like really like replaying in the the scenario in your head like where would i have gone what would i would have what would i have done um if you can't get that out of your head then it's likely that you are experiencing that and i definitely have talked to people about that um that they had experienced that. and i think a lot of people are thinking like okay now if i go somewhere
1: you know i need to have a plan
2: with my family and yeah. things like that
1: Yeah. I mean, when Caleb came home from, from school years ago with, when they did like fire safety week, it was like, okay, fill out this piece of paper as to like where your family is going to meet in the event that there's a fire in your house. And, you know, so we know if there's a fire in our community, we're going to go and we're going to meet at those mailboxes that we, you know, that Denise and I met at, you know, we're going to go into the center, you know, and that's what, that's our, that's our point. Um, You know, so I think that that's another piece, right. Is that awareness of like, when you are, you know, what are your, what are your entrance and your exit points, you know, and how, you know, making sure that you kind of have a little plan. Cause that's, those are stories. Those are stories that I've heard, right. Like that, when you talk about, I I, I don't, that that have come up in the past few days, there was a, a a guy that, you know, again, that we grew up with his mom made my uh, bat mitzvah invitations Mm -hmm. and he posted, um, you know, his story on, I don't know, Facebook or LinkedIn the other day. And I saw it and, you know, he has two kids and him and his wife were on the side, on the side of the shooter. And, you know, they were supposed to sit on the other side of the street where he was kind of shooting at. And his wife took one of the kids and he took the other and they like ran in different directions. And then it was, you know, uh, like, you know, like a stressful, like meeting, trying to find each other to meet back up, you know, after Mm -hmm. which way did you go? Where did you go? And, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um, you know, that, that piece is really, you know, that piece is really scary. And so I think, yes, you know, talking to your family when you're in a situation where there's a lot of crowds or even not a lot of crowds is like, what's, what's, where are you, where are we going to meet? You know, what, how are we going to try to get back
0: together? Yeah. There's someone I follow on Instagram. A lot of times she'll post this like phrase, with this mantra, like be prepared, not scared. And, you know, it's not really about public safety. It's about other things, but I mean, I think it, it, it relates in this case. Right. So, you know, maybe a way to calm, you know, Julie, would it be a way to calm anxiety if you went to like, you know, a future parade or event with a lot of people to have a plan like that?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it's always good to be prepared and to talk to your kids about, you know, what's expected and, Um, in the event that something could happen, that's why we practice these things at school with our Mm -hmm. kids, you know, the kids know what to do if there is, you know, an active shooter at school, like we practice that all the time, but you don't practice that in the community. Um, so it's definitely being prepared for the future could probably help, you know, help your anxious thoughts that you're having right now. Um, but if you are a person that is experiencing any sort of like trauma symptoms, like making sure that you're reaching out to get help and and not just dealing with it alone, especially if it's something that's ongoing. Um, If you're in the area, there's been, there's, you know, crisis centers that are open that people can just walk into to talk to somebody, you know, if it's just like a one-time thing and if you need more support going forward, you know, that's what, you know, there's lots of There's lots of mental health resources. I know sometimes it's hard to come by at the moment with, you know, the past couple of years, but, you know, we could still, still get help for people that need it.
1: And we'll link, um, we'll link in our show notes to, uh, as of the airing of this episode, where, uh, some of those support places are locally. And then, um, obviously if you're out of, out of the, you know, general Chicago area, um, you know just places that you could find locally within your own communities as well um so i think yeah i think the 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 asking questions like are we safe you know that's that's a common thing that i've you know heard from from parents and just that re the constant reassurance that you know that they that they are safe um i guess you know the we're safe until we're not right and i think that's the kind of thing that's a little That's pretty scary. um, I think,
2: I think, you know, today I was listening to another podcast that was discussing gun violence and it's hard because, you know, right now we're experiencing, you know, very close to home, something happening. So we don't feel safe right now. Um, And even, you know, people that I talked to are like, well, I don't know if I want to go to this place because there's so many people there and feeling anxious about going out into public and, and being with a lot of people. Um, and it's really hard because it just happened. Um, but if you like really like dial back and look at the data about if you're safe versus not being safe, like you're much more likely to be safe than to not be safe. And, be safe. Um, and even with gun violence, like, you know, being involved in a, in a mass shooting situation, is extremely rare. Um, it's just that it's so devastating, obviously when it does happen that, you know, it's something that we really want to, people obviously really want to try to prevent from happening, sure. <laughs> but like, are we, but are we safe? Like in general, like you can tell your kid that yes, they are safe and, and mean it because the chance of it happening is small, you know, they're more likely to be in a car accident or, you know, have something else happen to them than, you know, what happened last week. Um, so I think that that is something that's difficult right now, but something that we do need to put into perspective.
0: And yeah, for adults too, right? I mean, oh, for sure.
2: Yeah, definitely uh, for adults too. I mean,
0: yeah, it's it's one of those things, yeah, living, you know, fear, living in fears is, is tough, right? And it creates all sorts of right ancillary, um, Ancillary mental health, you know, downstream effects, right? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, yeah, and I mean, even just
1: coming off of COVID, you know, the first time we went out without a mask, or the first time we went to an event with a lot of people, you know, those were all situations where I know I felt very anxious. You know, so I think it's just, you know, kind of going about and and, and continuing. And I actually went this morning. Um, I felt like it's in preparation too for the episode, but also. I just felt a sense of, you know, wanting to, you know, in the Jewish faith, we pay a condolence call, um, or Shiva, um, when somebody passes away. And I just felt like that was something that I, that I needed to do. Um, so I spent some time in Highland park this morning and, you know, was, was, was visiting the memorials that were set up and uh, a woman was out with chalk. And that to me is, 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 therapeutic in the sense that the city was reopening. Um, Stores were reopening the restaurant across the street from where he was, was, was shooting at was, was open today. Um, You know, and so seeing all the parking spaces up and down central, you know, filled their news vans were still there, but just even seeing people out and about having coffee shopping in the stores and the community needs that, right. They need people to be, not afraid to go into, into that area. Um, but it was, you know, it was, it, it, it was back in action. Um, and that was, that was really, that was really nice to see. Well, I think it's important that,
2: you know, people realize that we're not, you know, moving on, but we do need to move forward with life. Sure. And that, you know, of course, like, we don't you know, want to be supportive to the community. And make sure that you know there's you know they still have businesses that we need to support. They still have lives that they need to live as well, and that we're still also at the same time not you know just completely forgetting about what happened. It was only one week ago, and I think that that's really easy to you know the very first week that something happens, everybody's like very involved and talking about things and you know being involved in raising money and things like that and then you know it sort of like dwindles off but i think it's important that we continue to do that and to support you know the victims and people who are involved in in the shooting for
1: sure yeah, absolutely said.
0: absolutely it's just a, yeah it's heartbreaking right i mean this is not i mean it affects those you know seven you know individuals the past but also everyone around right the fact that it's touched you it's even touched me all the way over here right i mean you know it's 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 true terror i mean that's what it creates not only is it just the the bloodshed right it it goes beyond that which is just oh so it's every time it's 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 hard to hear and yeah. So. Um, but with that, Julie, um, you know, thinking about, you know, moving forward, like you said, or, you know, trying to find some, you know, way to make sense of this. What actionable, well, not sense of it, but to, you know, build on it and try to do something different. Because um, I'm just tired of hearing it every time, right? And thoughts and prayers are like, great, but they're just not enough, right? What actionable steps can we take as responsible citizens to try to help or support troubled youth, like the ones who commit these heinous acts of terror? Uh, well, I
2: think the first thing is we wanna support, you know, the kids who have experienced like a traumatic event. Um, an important thing for them is to, you know, heal so that they're not, you know, becoming and you know involved in something like this in the future. Um, and healing from trauma, you know, some people need a lot of support and some people need a little less support. Like kids, you know, not every kid needs to go to therapy, even if they have experienced a traumatic event. Um, But healing from trauma occurs in the context of like a positive adult relationship. And I think that that's really important, you know, for not only for kids who were involved in, you know, this specific traumatic event, but for kids who had experienced traumatic events in the past and then you know, you're concerned about their mental well-being in the future and that perhaps this could be something that, you know, they could could do in the future is making mm. sure that all kids have, you know, an adult connection, be it a mentor, a teacher, a friend, like somebody who's rooting for them, just their champion. I think it's really that's really important um, in terms of like steps that we could Take as you know, community members to try to support you know, changes going forward. I think that's you know, definitely a much bigger issue. But, like I was saying before, is continuing to be involved. You know, everybody, a lot of people are saying, like, you know, I thought I was doing my part, I always vote, you know, I donate money, things like that, um, which are important. But, like, what else can we do, you know, becoming involved? in groups that support, um, you know, legislation that we can perhaps pass and it's not even necessarily, it doesn't need to be like a partisan issue. It's just like an issue of, of how we can keep our kids safe and our communities safe. Um, so I think sure. that that's, that's important. And there are some groups that have like popped up, um, mm-hmm. like every town for gun, gun safety. Um, I think is. You know, a big one, um, and then moms demand action is something that's been popping up a lot as well. And I think it's important that we we do be involved in those things if we want to see a change, because otherwise, nothing's gonna happen. That's for sure. All right.
0: All right. Yeah, Moms to in Action, I think there's a meeting going on. I saw someone post on Facebook, a former, you know, uh, classmate of my daughter's, her mom uh, posted an article that in the North Shore, there's chapters in every state. And there's a meeting going on right now as you guys speak in your area. Um, yep. You know, it's just a grassroots organization, nonpartisan, really trying to advocate for public safety, right? Um, not just gun safety. So just, yeah, because it's unsafe, right? It feels unsafe when these it things It feels happen.
1: unsafe, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean I had a I had a friend that, you know, was like we're thinking of coming to Chicago, like what are your thoughts? I'm like, "Well, <laughs> I wouldn't be going downtown right now, you know." And then, you know, well, we're going to be like in the suburbs. I'm like, "That's great too, but <laughs> you know, it's just you know, my my current headspace is, you know, it's not safe and, hmm. you know, hopefully that will hopefully that will change, you know, like even And, you know, you hear not even just about about Highland Park, but just even over the past like week or so, just what you're hearing in terms of deaths by, you know, death by guns and various, um, you know, and, and, you know, in, in, in like a drive by or, you know, they're not necessarily using these mass rifle, you know, but they're it's still happening. So I think just wanting to, you know have that support, like Julie was saying, um, and, and like a, and, and a mentor. Um, but definitely, I think one of the things I've been hearing from some of my friends is, you know, and what they've instilled even through, through being home with COVID is like sitting down to dinner, you know, just simple steps of making those connections with your kids, um, you know, and spending some time offline and removing the phones from in front of our faces and, you know, bringing back that, face-to-face or like while you're driving, you know, and, and it's a little less, you know, it's a little less daunting for the kid to be, you know, having some of these conversations with, with their, with their, with their parents.
2: Yeah. I think it's important that um, parents know that even spending just as little as 10 minutes without a device, with their kids doing something that's more preferred you know, for the child. So maybe it is just having a conversation, or if you have, you know, a younger child, maybe it's you know playing with them, doing something that they want to do, um, and really spending that quality time with them is really going to do wonders for their emotional well being and their feeling of being loved and cared for. And that's really, you know, important for you know our children's well being is that they is that they feel those feelings from their parents. Um, and that's going to be really protective, um, you know, moving forward as the child gets older. That they do feel that they have those like loving um, and supportive relationships, and that they feel like they can go and talk to their parents in a non-judgmental manner, and that they can open up and share things with their parents, and their parents are not going to, you know, have a major, you know, reaction to something that their kids say. Mm-hmm. Um, And just being able to be there for their kids, that's going to be the best way to, you know, to be supportive of your kids as they get older as well. So start starting young, you know, my kids are really little, but still even then starting doing something that, you know, my daughter wants to do at three, you know, playing (laughs) pretend for, for 10 minutes, I could tell a huge difference in how she interacts with me versus if there is like a day that I, you know, I'm, don't have that time to spend with her
0: right right no that's important those are great points right just trying to you know be the be put an ounce of prevention right to try to do that um i mean obviously i know some of these cases get way more complicated than than that but i mean these are things things we can do right it's people listening people that you know have children so
1: yeah
0: um, you know and, and just to add in california you know, if you haven't heard yet, that uh, the state of California launched a, a mental health line, like a 911 for mental health. So I think it'll launch across the country soon, but it's 988. So if you see someone in mental health crisis, uh, if you, someone in your family or one of your children, mental health crisis, just like nine one one, you can call nine eight eight. So um, that's that's really important, right? Or you can also text. Um, there's a crisis text line. I think it's national. You can text home to seven four one seven four one. Right? These are just you know, things. If you see something, say something, right? Which was the mantra yeah. coming out of nine eleven and all those other times. Um, I think even some
1: of the other, even some of the other thwarted 4th of July things, there was some there. I, I saw a few things pop up in the midst of, of all the Highland park news that people spoke up and, you know, and, and, um, some, you know, potential some other loss could have was prevented. It sounds like, which is great. Uh, And I know it's scary, but just, yeah. yeah. Um, well, but don't, but don't turn in your neighbor for, you know, Having their kid walk their dog, right? Like making sure that you're reporting the things that are necessary. Not, you know.
0: Well, you know, I don't. Know. Yeah, I, mean, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes you, never, <laughs> you know. You want,
1: you want to you want to make sure that you know. Yeah, I I think you know just just you know still being vigilant about your about your calls and. Um, anything else? Anything else, Julie? That you've been experiencing on, on your side, like in conversations with your friends, a lot of your, you, you know, you have connections to those, to families that live in Highland Park. And obviously you have a a, a different age demographic with, you know, with, with your friends and their kids. So what are some of the things that you might've missed? Yeah. That have come across.
2: Um, I think, you know, I've heard from some people about that, you know, their kids, if If they had a little bit older kids, like I said they practice these things in school that they were really surprised that their kids like knew what to do in a crisis situation, maybe not obviously with like a three year old but with elementary age kids that they really they really responded differently than they would have expected them to okay. respond um and you know all of the things that they are learning, unfortunately, that we have to teach our kids about in school. Yep. Um, are really important, and that they were able to handle, you know, what to do uh, in that situation, which was interesting to hear about. Um,
0: Preparation, right? Not being yeah,
2: prepared. being prepared. I did. I saw somebody posting on Facebook about, you know, perhaps like if they're going somewhere crowded with their child, like writing their phone number on like um like a, a bracelet so that they if they get separated that they can you know have a phone number to call and i was thinking you know perhaps putting your phone number and like an emergency contact on there as well um if you do that or making sure that your kids know their information and they know their parents phone numbers they know their yep. um they know their address they know a phone number and i can tell you from working in elementary school, like a lot of kids do not know that information um, that we knew growing up. And these kids just like have absolutely no idea. And like, I'm trying to teach my three-year-old already. She knows the street that she lives on. She knows her parents' (laughs) names. She knows our first name. She knows our last name. I'm like, next we got to learn phone numbers. But like, if you know that your kids don't know their personal information, making sure that you're teaching it to them because I do think that that's a really really important skill especially you know if you you know or can if you're worried about being in a, a large crowd um another tip but, that even I have in heard...
1: a, but even in a small I mean even a small crowd right yeah. like is just having that information that was something when Caleb even from when Caleb was really young I made sure that he knew our phone numbers obviously our, our names where he lived you know and it's mm-hmm. um yeah I I agree that that's You're getting a big head nod from me over here. (laughs) And then another
2: another tip that I've heard, this is not specific to, you know, a a crisis situation, but just for your your kid is like, you know, if they're ever in a situation where they do get lost, like they say like the best, like tell your kids to find a family um, because that, you know, um, like somebody who looks like a mom, somebody who looks like a dad and tell them that they're lost because of, you know, a mom or dad will know what to do. Um, sure. as opposed to like a random, just like person by themselves. So, um, just some safety yeah, tips for
1: you know for the future. Isn't
0: that what yeah. happened with the little two year old? Yeah, I mean they ended up giving him to another family, right? They, they so yeah, it's just yeah, that's, a woman too. picked but, like, him you up. Could, and, yeah, but you
2: could tell your two year old, you know, if you're ever lost, find a mom. You know, find somebody that looks like a mom, and you know. They can they can know that you know what they can do,
1: right?
0: Moms can rule the world.
1: We can rule the world. We'd We'd have this figured out.
0: We'd have this problem figured out if moms were in charge, right?
1: Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, definitely.
0: Thank Um, you. Any any other questions you had on your side, Amy?
1: I don't think so. I think just being vigilant. I think just being, being, being there, being a part of your kids' lives, um, as best as you can, right. We all have, we all have different home situations. We all, some of us work, some of us don't work. Um, some of us work more than others, um, you know, financial, all, you know, different walks of life. You know, I, I'm, I'm hoping are, are listening and, you know, do use your village, right. To, to support each other. And, um, you know hopefully we can band together uh and put some more legislation in place that will curb the ability to get guns
0: opening our arms to the community and also you know embracing you know people that might have challenges right i mean this individual had major challenges major before. challenges major Major. He just did not show up and do this out of the blue. Right. So, how do we support communities like that? How do we support his parents? Right. I mean, I know that's hard to say out loud now because he's created so much anguish and grief. And,
1: but just even the things that are just even the things that have come Mm -hmm. up in the news, you know, we can, you know, 50% believe what, you know, what they're writing, but, you know, just their past lives and how many times they had visited that house, you know, in Highland Park and, Um, The situations that, you know, occurred, the fact that he dropped out of high school, you know, when he was a junior, you know, there's, there's, there's pieces that are coming out that, you know, were definitely overlooked. And, you know, did he slip through the cracks? Who knows? Was it a, a parental situation? Who knows? And that's not for us to, not for us to say, but I think, you know, if you have the ability to be vigilant with your family and, you know, be there, I think that's, that's at the end of the day, what your what your family is looking for, and yeah,
0: that's what we can do as individuals, right coping right. with these tragedies that happen in midlife inevitably um, you know, and just deal with these so um so yeah, I mean I think you know I think that's a wrap, Amy right I think so,
1: I think so Julie, thank you thank you so much for being yes. here um, you know, coming out of your maternity leave a <laughs> month in and and putting on your social worker hat. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> After a grueling day of of, of you know mom life, um, but we really appreciate you being here and um, sharing some hopefully helpful tips that you know us as parents and individuals can take away. Um, we hope you check us out in two weeks for what hopefully will be a fun and information filled episode, mm-hmm. and it will be. Uh, check out our show notes for any links and community conversations oh, that we're going to share.
0: Yes, and again, just to reiterate. Um, you know, specific to our topic. If you know anyone that's in crisis, please call, you know, the suicide health line, which is 800-273-8255 or sounds for talk. Or if you're in California, text or call 988 if you see any type of mental health crises. Um, Or lastly, you can always text HOME to 741741, right? We need need all the mental health support we can get. And so we thank you all. Um, Please join our community on Facebook, uh, Midlife at the mailbox, and also on Instagram. As well, same, same handle, Midlife at the mailbox. And send us a direct message. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any experiences you want to share, rent with, or want to reach out to Julie with any questions, uh, please do so via those channels. And we look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.